You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. today. We see a lot of familiar faces from all over SoCal here this morning. I want to start out by thanking our worship team, Greater Long Beach, everybody that was here way, way, way before the rest of you getting this all set up this morning. Uh, I love that last song. Definitely kind of sets us up for what we're going to be talking about here this morning and that with God, absolutely nothing is we there's absolutely nothing that can get our way nothing that can keep us from conquering the things around us in this life amen, amen. we're uh, continuing with our series ordinary heroes and uh, my name is steve marici i'm the uh, senior evangelist here in coastal los angeles have the uh, wonderful opportunity of oversight of this group as well as the south bay church today what we're going to do is we're going to be taking a look at a gentleman by the name of gideon in the bible I do have a takeaway for you today. I want you to leave here today really understanding how God works through the ordinary. Amen? How God works through the ordinary. Now, when we think about Gideon, he's an ordinary man. Nothing special, no superpowers, no intergalactic strength, no, no Justice League, no Avengers, none of those things, no lightsabers. Got to get the Star Wars plug in there, and you'll hear about the Steelers here at some point, too, I'm sure. But with that, Gideon comes out of the book of Judges. It's approximately 550 B.C. before Jesus. And up to this point, Israel was pretty much in ruin because their failure to obey God. The title of the message today is Fearful the Faithful. Thinking through this when it comes to the Israelites. Again, this is one of the lowest times in Israel's history. The last verse of the book in Judges 21-25 says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what he wanted. And this kind of gives a, a little bit of a commentary on what took place during this period of time. For Gideon, there were seven years. There was, the, there was this, actually with the Israelites, there was this cycle that continued over and over and over again. You'd get a king or a judge that would do okay, and then there'd be, a, there'd be a period of prosperity. They'd lose sight of their gratitude for God, and they'd crash and burn. And this cycle happened over and over and over and over again. During this period of time, there were seven cycles of sin that spanned about 350 years. It begins with disobedience, and that resulted in bondage, which ultimately was a life of misery, misery for the Israelites. Then God would bring up a judge... And the, the judges that day aren't like what we're familiar with in our court systems today. The judges, it actually meant deliverer. They were warriors. They were individuals that were set up to protect the Israelites. So with that, there would be a judge that would be raised up. And during that period of time, a judge, if he would call people back to God, there would be a period of repentance, deliverance, rest, and revival. And then again, things would get easier again. Compromise would start all over. And there would be another decline. Military oppression would come on in and just take over and destroy everything that the Israelites loved when it came to their farms, their animals, uh, their families. I think just the thing that's super significant for us as disciples is God called Israel to be a holy people, to be separate from the culture that they were a part of, the things that were going on around them. 
Unfortunately for God's people, they ignored and they adopted the cultural religious practices of those around them. And once again, God would raise up and deliver a judge from amongst Israel who would defeat the enemy and bring about an era of peace and hope. And one of those glimmers of hope was Gideon. Gideon's story starts in Judges, actually covers Judges 6 and 8. And in Judges 6 verse 1 it reads, The Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord handed them over to Midian for seven years, and they oppressed Israel. Because of Midian, the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. And whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the Kenites came and attacked them. They encamped against them, and they destroyed the produce of the land as far as Gaza. They left nothing for Israel to eat, as well as no sheep, ox, or donkey. For the Midianites came with their cattle and their tents like a great swarm of locusts. They and their camels were without number, and they entered the, the land to waste it. So Israel became poverty-stricken because of Midian, and the Israelites cried out to the Lord. And this is what's really significant, is God is ready. God is always there as our deliverer. God wants the best for us. And the Israelites cried out to God. I don't know about you. Have you anybody in this group ever been bullied? Let's see some hands. Anybody ever have any issues along those lines? Nothing beats knowing that someone bigger or stronger has your back, right? You know, when I was in junior high school, I guess there was a little bit of a, 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 an entrepreneurial spirit, or at least I tried to hang on to some of my lunch money. I, there was a gentleman, uh, he'll say my sixth grade year, I was about four foot eight. I was a little guy. And I would constantly get work for my lunch money. I figured, okay. I don't have a lot of friends, but maybe I can buy a bodyguard to kind of help me keep part of my lunch money. So there's a guy by the name of Mike Savage, and he kind of helped me out with my bully. I'd split my lunch money with Mike. Back then, you could actually get lunch for 40 cents. By the way, this is my birth month. I am celebrating the entire month of July. I turned 60 this year. And I do want to let you know, 60 is definitively the new 40, amen? But with that, Mike Savage, he'd be behind me in that lunch line. We'd get up to lunch, and I wouldn't get the, you know, I wouldn't be able to get the chips. I'd get the sloppy joe. I wouldn't be able to get anything to drink because I had to split it with him. But I'm telling you, there was such a peace of mind knowing that Mike had my back. So nothing beats knowing someone bigger or stronger than you has your back. And the Bible tells the story of Gideon, this guy who discovered that there was someone there for him too, even in the face of an entire army of bullies, the Midianites. The Midianites constantly threatened to destroy Israel. They were big and they were bad enough to accomplish it. To the Israelites, including Gideon, it felt like God had forgotten them until they cried out. You know, and I think with each of us, within the culture that we're a part of today, do we not have challenges? Are there not things that try to separate us from our relationship with God? With that, what are the Midianites in your lives that can slip in there and generate fear? Hopelessness. Helplessness. What are the things that, that can cause us to feel like God has forgotten us? Maybe it's the loss of a loved one. It's the loss of a job. It's the loss of health. But there's so many ways this culture and Satan attacks us. How do we overcome them? The answer is courage. Courage and faith to trust and obey the big guy that's standing behind us. Amen? 
Courage. It's not the absence of fear, but it's the ability to act despite fear. You know, we take Gideon, for example. He's a farmer. We see him threshing wheat inside of a wine press. You know, for those of you that know how the agriculture worked in the old days, you'd, you'd uh, separate the chaff from the wheat by throwing it up in the air outside, and the wind would separate the chaff. You do that inside, it's probably not quite as effective. But he, the bottom line is, we got this guy hiding out. And then he's given this assignment to serve as a judge to deliver God's people from Midian. And with that, we, we, Gideon kind of approaches a few different ways. He asks for a sign. Most of us are familiar with the fleece. I've only got about 20-something minutes this morning, so I'm going to have to skip some of the detail. But you think about this. We got this guy hiding out. God comes to him and says, hey, you're the guy. You're going to deliver the Israelites from the, the Midianites. So Gideon asks for a sign. Hardly fitting him a hero, right? And then he asks for another sign because he doesn't like the results of the first one. And ultimately, I think that the, the, the situation here, in light of what's going on, I don't know that at that point he really deserved the title that the angel of the Lord gave him, which was Mighty Warrior, because Gideon still had doubts after those signs. I don't believe Gideon was testing God as much as he was trying to bolster his own faith and build up his own courage to obey God. I think for us as Christians, as disciples of Jesus Christ, it takes faith and courage to obey God in this culture today. Would you not agree with me? Yeah. Courage to follow Jesus, to walk with God, because it's so contrary to the world and the culture around us. Our culture says, do it your way. You need to be authentic to yourself. You know, the authentic self. Follow your heart. God says, do it my way. Imitate Jesus. Do it my way. Why? Because you are mine. I created you. Follow your heart as only you follow me. And then we've got God, that big guy standing behind us to take care of us and guard us in the light of everything going on around us. Our culture says sex before marriage is okay. Date who and how you want to date. God says don't give yourself away before marriage. And date and only marry God's people, disciples, Christians. And this takes courage to obey. You know, I want to take a moment right now to really commend our young people, our teens, our campus, our singles. Men and women that have the faith and the courage to obey God and follow Jesus Christ. You know, I also want to take a moment to encourage the older folk, some of the single parents, those that are married. The courage that it takes to engage in a godly marriage and to engage in godly parenting, it goes against our culture. You know, when we look at Gideon, getting back to Gideon, in some ways, we see Gideon and we think, man, what an incredible guy. It's amazing what he, what he, he was able to do here. And ultimately, what it starts out with him is just obeying God. We see him tear down an altar to Baal in obedience to God's direction. Of course, that took place at night. Yet again, Gideon's conduct doesn't quite seem like that of a hero. And that's the point. Gideon is not the hero. There's one and only one hero in this story, and that's God Almighty. Amen? God took Gideon, a man full of fear, and used him to deliver his people from the Midianites. And I think we're not supposed to look at this story and walk away thinking we need to be more like Gideon. We're supposed to look at this story and walk away marveling at how amazing our God is in heaven. 
Let me say that again. We're supposed to walk away from this story, this account, marveling at how amazing our God is. Gideon Gideon is not the hero God is. Judges 6, verse 12. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon said to him, Please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? And where are all the wonders of our fathers that told us about? They said, Hasn't the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and deliver Israel from the power of Midian. Am I not sending you? Verse 15, he said to them, he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Look, my family's the weakest of Manasseh, and I'm the youngest in my father's house. God's response, I will be with you. You will strike Midian down as if it were one man. To me, this is really amazing here. The angel told Gideon something rather interesting. Go in the strength you have and deliver Israel. You know, I was kind of wondering, well, why did he say go in the strength God has or go and God be with you to give you the strength you need? But no, he says go in the strength you have and deliver Israel. God gives quite a bit of direction to Gideon. I wanted to take a couple moments to walk through that with you. What did God ask Gideon to do? Gideon comes to God and he offers it, wants to offer a sacrifice. The angel of the Lord says to him in verse 20 of Judges 6, the angel of God directs him to take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock, and pour out the broth. Now, is there anybody here that wouldn't be able to follow that direction in the strength that you have? Kind of a simple thing. Now, God, that thing just busts into flame after he put it on the rock. But could Gideon do that on his own strength? Of course. Verse 24, God says, build an altar. Is that not something Gideon could do within his own strength? Could Gideon do these other things as we look forward? Verse 25 through 26, the same night the Lord said to him, take the second bowl from your father's herd, the one that's seven years old, tear down your father's altar to Baal, and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God, on the top of this height, using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bowl as a burnt offering. Are there any of these things Gideon couldn't do without human strength? Verse 34, blow a trumpet. Nothing supernatural needed to do that, right? Talent maybe, but send out messengers. Verse 35, chapter 7, verse 3, make an announcement. 7, verse 4, lead them to the water and watch them drink. Chapter 7, verse 16, divide the group into thirds, give them a pitcher, a torch, a trumpet, walk to the enemy camp, throw down the pitcher, lift up the torch, blow the trumpet, and scream really loud. Are any of these things things we personally cannot do? God didn't ask Gideon or his men to do one single thing that they couldn't do within the realm of their own human strength. Nothing. Because God was going to do everything. The victory would be all God. Gideon wasn't asked to do anything that took any knowledge or strength greater than himself. Wasn't asked to prophesy. Wasn't asked to preach. Wasn't asked to write a book. All that God asked Gideon to do were normal, ordinary things. But the thing that was key here was Gideon's obedience. 
That's what allowed it all to take place. That was the important thing that was key to God working. God was doing something through Gideon. He didn't do through others. And this was to show that it was all God. Gideon only did what he could do with his own strength. But look what God did. In Judges 6, verse 16, God told Gideon not to worry. Go in the strength you have because I am with you. You will strike down Midian as if it was one man. You know, this is kind of hard for Gideon to believe, but in faith, he put together an army of 32,000 people. Now, keep in mind, the Midianites were numbered about 150,000 people. So for me, 32,000 against 150,000, I'd be looking at that, and okay, maybe God can do that with 32,000 guys. Still, from a numeric situation, kind of overwhelming, right? God told Gideon with an army that big that Israel might take credit and forget God was the one who won the fight. So Gideon pulled the troops together and said that if anyone was scared, they could go home. So with that, 22,000 people split. This whittled that army down to 10,000 soldiers who ran in. You know, with that, I'm sure Gideon's probably thinking, okay, his faith's been kind of built up to this point. Oh, 10,000 guys against 150,000. I'm not going to do the math, but God said I can do it. I'm going to go ahead and do it. But God had something smaller in mind. So Gideon was asked to downsize again, cutting his army down to just 300 people. And that night, God sent Gideon to spy out the enemy. He overheard a Midianite describing a dream that apparently only had one interpretation. And the interpretation was that God and Israel would beat the bully down. So Gideon ran back to camp, woke up his 300 soldiers, and set out for the attack. But instead of packing swords or shields or ninja stars or grenade launchers, Gideon had each soldier take a trumpet in his right hand and lit a torch hidden under a clay jar in his left hand. Then Gideon and the 300 soldiers surrounded the enemy camp at midnight. They blew the trumpet, smashed their jars to reveal the light, and the Midianites were so freaked out, they began fighting amongst themselves. At midnight, they blew the trumpet, and it was just a chaos. Gideon's men just stood there and watched the Midianites wipe themselves out. Gideon's men were able to just stand there and watch God do what only God can do. So what does this teach you and I as we sit here today in the park in Long Beach, 2018. God is looking for a Gideon today in you. Ordinary men and women of faith who are willing to step out and do great things for God. What great things can we do for God by simply having the courage and the faith to obey? Number one, we need to guard against forgetting God and failing to teach this next generation of our youth, our children, about God. And that's one of the reasons the Israelites were in such a mess, is they didn't pass it down to the next generation. What was passed down from generation to generation was evil. Everyone was doing what they wanted to do. Zero unity. Zero unity. Number two, God can use ordinary people to do ordinary things in a great way. The steps of Gideon's victory are easy to trace. He had a promise to believe, an altar to build, a vessel to break, a lamp to burn, and a trumpet to blow. And God gave the victory. None of these things required superhuman... 
Obviously, I have an abnormal tongue. I was not speaking in tongues. But God gave the victory. Again, it didn't require super who you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Superhero strength. There we go. It's obviously taking something a little above normal here to get that out of my mouth. It didn't require this incredible degree of intelligence. But Gideon did them in obedience, and God blessed him. There are many simple things we can do that God will bless. Pray to him. Read the Bible. Attend church. Share your faith. Mentor each other's children. Be considerate and concerned for one another. Open your homes to one another. Open your homes to non-Christians. Study the Bible with your friends. God can use each and every one of us in those ways. Ordinary people. And then lastly, a small number with God can do much. God, as we've seen here today, loves to work through the few. Brothers and sisters, take a look around here this morning. Seriously, take a moment. Just look around. Looks like a big group right here. But you put us out there, we are the few. You may be among the few in your company or your sports team or in your school that has come out of the wine press to face the challenges of the open plains with the enemy nearby. Take a stand with God like Gideon. Gideon and small men of small man, band of men turned the tide. For the first time in seven years, Israel had homes and crops and horses and camels and were not destroyed or taken by the enemy. See, we can grow from fear to great faith. Gideon did it, and so can we. As Gideon obeyed the first time, guess what happened? His faith grew. As he obeyed the second time, his faith grew a little bit more, and his fear started to fade. And as he obeyed the third and the fourth and on and on and on, he became with fear, filled, just filled in an incredible way with faith. And that faith led him to go on and be fearless and make the difference for God's people. God is with us, and Jesus is for us, and the Holy Spirit is spurring us on. Just as God provided peace for the Israelites, Jesus provides exactly the same for us. Jesus on the cross and his resurrection from the dead defeated our accuser and gives us victory over death. Not only that, but the Holy Spirit which was placed within us when we rose out of the waters from baptism gives us victory over this life for eternity. Brothers and sisters, as we go to communion here this morning, embrace the courage, step out in faith, love and obey God every step of the way, and you'll be able to stand in awe of God working in your life. Let's go ahead and pray for the communion. Before I do that, too, you've got your little communion cups. Please hang on to those. The ushers will not be collecting those up. Just go get those into the trash afterwards. If there's anybody that needs them, raise your hands, and the ushers will get them to you. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity you've given us to come together here today. Uh, I personally thank you for the breeze and... Uh, the sun, the way that you take care of us, the, the incredible friendships that we have here. And uh, just be with the, the time of fellowship after as we, we break from this to our meals with one another. Bless that food. But more than anything, Father, help us to look to Jesus Christ, to look to you, the God that gave Gideon the victory, to Jesus that gives us the victory. Let us never forget the sacrifice that took place at Calvary 2,000 years ago. Let us be grateful for that. 
let us embrace that each and every day. And Father, as we head out from here this Sunday to our week of school or work or whatever else it may be, help us not to hide in the wine press, but to demonstrate our Christianity in plain view of everybody that we come into contact with. And Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the blood that cleanses of our sins and gives us the opportunity to live with you in heaven for eternity. So in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.